Welcome to episode 212 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Ray, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And uh, we are brought to you today, as always, by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Once you go deadly, you don't go back. And the reason we're brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee is because we are part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Once you go dork, you don't use a spork. I don't know. I don't know. I got to work on that one. That was off the cuff. Uh, we actually don't have a specific slogan for the dorkening. Maybe it's like, go do, I don't know, maybe it's like a, a mnemonic. Like, don't overthink rigatoni, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's not even that late. I'm just sleepy. Uh, but I am, of course, here in the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor, and I am, of course, joined by my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is currently drinking wine because she is the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. She is Ashes Von Nightmare. I feel like there needs to be a disclaimer before this episode. Things are about to get weird. Things always get weird. But I mean, like, things are really about to get, like, like super fucking weird. We're going to get so weird all over this episode. Like, just just weird vomit all over this episode. Yeah, it's going to be a strange episode because uh, today we're talking about the internet sensation viral video series, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. And if you are unfamiliar That's with this... That's something that you're used to hearing quite often. Don't yeah. hug me, I'm scared. More like, oh, save me, there's a spider. And I'm a giant human who's a million times bigger than the spider. Save me. Oh, I don't need no man. I'm a strong, independent woman who don't need no mans except to kill spiders Oh, the spider is so scary. I don't like them. I don't like them either. They are not I don't like in them my either. house. They, they don't pay bugs. rent. They can eat bugs. They don't contribute to the household. They eat bugs. They don't do chores. They eat I bugs. We have gotten a little bit better, but like, you know, I don't mind a spider in like a strategic location in the house. You know, we can we can cohabitate. That's cool. Be like, hey buddy, what's up? Like there was this spider living outside of our door, our front door. Yeah, he's still there. I named him David Arquette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's an eight-legged freak. Yeah, yeah and know. I'm like, "What's up, David? David Arquette, how you doing?" I he's don't like, like when I'm buddy? when I'm sitting on the toilet and a spider like drops I mean, like, down onto me. Like, don't invade my privacy. That's like, your dance space. This is my dance. You space. are inside my you hula stay hoop of happiness. In your dance space, and I'll stay in my dance space. But like the moment, or like in the kitchen, it's you like, are not socially distancing, right? Like, where's your mask? What are you doing? I don't want to be caught in your web of Corona. You know, or like when they decide to go visit you in the shower. It's like, dude, no. Yeah. Privacy. Come on now. Yeah, right? Like, don't be staring at me. Ugh. But yeah, we're talking about uh, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. There's six episodes uh, with more stuff coming. So what we did uh, for our, our our music today, you'll be hearing uh, a couple Little of the bits. trailers. Little, Little bits. bits. Little bits. You'll be hearing uh, the trailer for uh, my favorite episode, Time, which is episode two. Uh, and then you'll hear the trailer for the series that should be coming out. We'll be talking a little bit about that later on. And uh, the final music, our, our closing music, is actually the uh, entirety of the time episode, which is only about 
three minutes and 47 seconds, give or take. But there is a lot packed into it, and we need to talk about it because there's some, there's some shit that is, you know, we watched a couple of breakdowns of this, and there's some shit that they didn't even get to. Like, the fact that there's a fucking swastika in it, like... There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of subliminal messages. There's a lot to unpack. There are people who sit down and break these videos down frame by frame. Oh, no, the one frame. the one we watched, he said he watched it. He uh, broke it down a quarter frame at a time. Like, that's, that's uh, crazy. If you're familiar with Matt Pat of Film Theory. He actually made a, uh, made a guest spot on one of my favorite YouTube uh, channels. Uh, and he got to say super easy, barely an inconvenience. He did one of the uh, pitch meetings with Ryan George on the uh, Screen Rant. Screen Rant. Uh, uh, I almost said Facebook page. YouTube channel. So, and that's what we're talking about for getting into character today. We're talking about some of your favorite uh, eclectic YouTube channels. You know, when you go down that YouTube rabbit hole and things start to get weird, and then they get really weird, and then it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and you're you like, like, what you am I doing with my parents? life right now? Yeah, like, I need an adult. I need I to need turn the sh- light on. I need a shower, and I need to call my parents and apologize. They were right about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm like, sorry, Mom. I grew up to be that person you told me about. I already, uh, since I already started, I'll just keep going. Um I used to watch Cracked a lot. I like a lot. I liked their uh, after hours videos where they would break things down, like The Simpsons or, you know, different uh, different things. It'd basically just be four people sitting around a table breaking down, like you know, pop culture things. Um, I stopped watching Cracked because, like so many of the things that we've come to enjoy uh, over the past few years, uh, the people running it were giant pieces of shit. Uh, so at one point, they were like, oh, we don't have money anymore. So they fired their entire team. One of them actually, I think, uh, Dan O'Brien, who was great. He has this great rant about Pinocchio uh, that we've actually discussed uh, off the air a few times. Uh, he writes for, I, I forget, because they showed a picture of him. Like, oh, yeah, here's one of our writers. It was either like, you know, John Oliver or uh, Stephen Colbert or... Um, um, What's his name there? Seth Meyers. It was one of the one of the th- or maybe it was even Trevor Noah. I forget because I watched so many of those little clips. Uh, but yeah, he writes for them. Uh, Cody Johnston now does his channel some more news. Where the last one he did, he absolutely excoriated. Uh, what's his name there? Jim from the Office, John Krasinski, um, and he made a really good point about it too, and uh, even tied it into what people know him from the best, The Office. Um, yeah, it, it was... Uh, Cody Johnson is great. Uh, he covers a lot of political stuff now, but he does it in a satirical yet informative way. But yeah, I, I would say that. Um, obviously, Screen Rant with... Because uh, they, they also do a lot of really good comic book news as well uh, and like movie news. But the pitch meetings are probably my favorite thing. There's like 130 of them, I don't know, give or take. And every single one of them is absolutely gold. It's basically Ryan George playing both the pitch guy, the screenwriter guy, and the producer. And he comes up, he's like, okay, you know, like, this is this is the movie I have. And he sort of breaks down, and they kind of, like, poke fun of all the plot holes 
that happen in every movie. Um, you know, like in, in Home Alone, it's like, oh, so the kid's a wizard at making death traps, but he can't pack a suitcase? Ooh, yeah, you're right. That's a huge plot hole. I'll take that out. Nah, no one will ever notice. You know, so they had <laughs> they had stuff like that, which was great. Um, yeah, it, I, that's some of the stuff. And, you know, some of these theory videos, like I talked about film theory with um, with um, Pat who actually introduced me to Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. I had no idea what it was until I watched the theory video. He has one where he calculates the uh, caloric content of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, which is just (laughs) just (laughs) phenomenal. Like, there's a lot of math and science that goes into it. It's awesome. I love that stuff. Um, I'm a huge fan of of, uh, What Culture, uh, because they have a lot of really good, insightful people. Uh, on the show, like, you know, Scott Telford, uh, Josh Brown, uh, Ash Millman, uh, their new girl that they got, Kristen Rhea, uh, Kirsten Rhea, sorry, uh, Zoe. Uh, they had another girl on there, but she's not on there anymore. Um, and uh, Jules Gill, who every one of his videos, he pro- at the very end, he provides just, like, such a promising... I'm sorry, a positive, uplifting message at the end. Um, it's great. Um, and I, I love the fact that he, he does that. Um, it's, a, it's a great channel. It's, you know, gaming and movies and, you know, film theories. And it's an all-encompassing channel. So check out What Culture. I love them. They're great. Ashes, uh, how about you? What do you what do you like to watch? So nowadays, I watch a lot of drag queens on YouTube. They've kind of gotten me through the quarantine, and I've been watching drag queens on YouTube for a long time. So uh, some of the channels that I watch are WoW Presents. They uh, have to do with like RuPaul's Drag Race and whatnot. So I watch um, Trixie and Katya's show. Uh, well, it used to be called uh, Now I think it's called like Trixie and Katya Save the World or something like that. But I liked it when they were called uh, um, And that's literally what it was called, too. Yes, I, I, I also follow Trixie Mattel's channel, Trixie Mattel Cosmetics. Um, not only does she do really fun stuff with makeups, but she did a series on decades of Barbies because she's a huge Barbie collector. Hence, Hence her name, the name. Trixie Mattel. Um, Don't Mattel she me also what to do. is currently baking using an Easy Bake Oven and videos it. And she found, it, actually it was the Easy Bake Oven that I used to have back in the 90s. So she found an Easy Bake Oven that was 30 years old that still had the unopened packets with it. And she made it. Gross. And she ate a little bit of it. And it was not good was not good. But, like, I'm now inspired. For some reason, I've also been looking at Easy Bake Ovens on eBay. And why? Why am I doing that? Why am I looking at Easy Bake Ovens on eBay? Like, I am a fucking full-grown adult. I have an apartment. You have, I have an oven. I have an actual oven. Why do I feel the need to make teeny tiny cookies using a 60-watt bulb? Like, why? Why am I like this? Because just like me... You know, you you make fun of me for being a kid at heart. You are too. Like I just I see her making all these videos. She made a six layer 
rainbow cake. I mean, obviously it was you know, easy bake oven size pans, but rainbow cake using a, the, one of the newer models of the easy bake oven recently on her channel. And I was just like, oh, that's so cool. I want to do that. Like I can make a whole fucking big cake in my big grown up oven, but I don't know why. I, I, I feel the need to bake under a light bulb. But anyways, I digress. Um, I'd also watch like Bon Appetit has some really good videos. I watch a lot of cooking videos too, makeup tutorials, uh, different you know, cosmetic products and stuff. So uh, I do tend to fall down a rabbit hole every now and then. Dr. Pimple Popper is an easy rabbit hole to fall down. Uh, let's see. Oh, Juno Birch. I fucking love her. I follow her on YouTube as well. She is fantastic. She is also a drag queen. She plays The Sims and she like drags up The Sims characters and she's a fucking riot. She does a, an impression of Jennifer Coolidge that is just unmatched. Like it, she's fantastic. Uh, let's see. Fashion Photo Review. It's with Raja and Raven from RuPaul's Drag Race. The tiger from Aladdin. Rar, yes. Um, they toot and boot all of the looks coming out of RuPaul's Drag Race and just what the queens are wearing. I also really love Transformations with James St. James. Uh, he is a person we're going to have to cover at some point because... He's a party monster. He is a party monster. He wrote a book. Remember those kids? Books. Um, called Disco Bloodbath. And he was a book. Based on the lifetimes and actions of Michael Alec himself, James St. James, and the club kids of the 90s. It has since been made into a movie called Party Monster with... Why do I want to... Seth Green and Macaulay Seth Culkin. Seth Green, oh my wait, God. Wait, Michael Alec wasn't James St. James. They were two different people. Yes. You said Michael Alec was James St. James. No, I said, you know, he wrote about Michael Alec himself, James St. James. Okay, I just, I'm just trying to make sure people God, know. you don't pay attention. People know but, out in okay, the ether. So, but anyways, so, like, that's a character we're going to have to cover at some point because it's a fantastic film. I love it so much. Um, but, yeah, I used to watch some really weird shit on YouTube, like Salad Fingers. I like rusty spoons. I like to touch them with my salad fingers. There's a great breakdown video that uh, Matt Pat does on salad fingers, that whole series, too. And Ill Will Press, Foamy the Squirrel. I used to fucking love those Yeah, videos. you showed Apparently, me a couple like, of those. It's still weird. a thing, uh, which I found out the other day, and that made me really happy. But, yeah, I used the to Kevorkian watch The Kevorkian Scarf. The Kevorkian Scarf. That's one of my favorite episodes. I forget the name of the little dude. The little squirrel with, foamy. like, the scar. No, Foamy is the big squirrel. This is the little squirrel. The little squirrel with the glasses. He has the eye stigmata. And they're like, I, don't you mean a stigmatism? And he's like, no, a stigmata. And then, like, blood charts starts shooting from his eyes. It's hilarious. You'll have to look it up sometime. Um, I remember this video. Remember, like, when everyone started making YouTube videos of, like, the stupidest shit? And there was this lizard, and he was all, like, drinking out of cups, being a bitch. Oh, I remember what happened. So the this guy recorded his friend on some sort of like drug induced trip and decided to animate this gecko 
to what his friend was saying and it was ridiculous like something about ladders and like drinking out of cups being a bitch and oh seahorses like i love seahorses i love them so much lighthouses and seahorses or something like that seahorses forever lighthouse seahorses they're very light and then i remember this one video we used to watch it was like these these little like puff it was animated and it was like these little puff people and they're all like and then all of a sudden one of them starts bleeding (laughs) and he's like my anus is bleeding and they're all like yay and he's like starts to get really concerned he's like no my anus is bleeding and they're all like and then it's it was it was weird Mm -hmm. oh potter puppet pals (gasps) potter puppet pals I love that Neville was a squash. Dumbledore. And Dumbledore was a nudist. Snape. Snape. Severus Snape. Yeah. So those are some. What are some of yours? Because I'm sure there's a shit ton that, you know, obviously we didn't get into. And I try not to go too far down this rabbit hole because there's some weird shit out there. Which is what we're going to be talking about after our break, we're going to be talking about weird shit because weird shit is fun to talk about. So when we come back, we are going to be discussing red guy because he's red, yellow guy because he's yellow, and duck because he is green. And green also, is not a creative color. And also a duck. Green is not a creative color. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, <coughs> it's scary. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkning Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey there, this is JB. And if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream. <laughs> <laughs> 
And we are back. So before we get into this, Ash, uh, what was the first time you got to see this? And what were your initial thinkings upon it? What's your it? favorite idea? Mine is being creative. Green is not a creative color. Um, so the first time I saw it, I think it was the creative episode, which is the first episode of the series. And it was because you introduced me to it. You were like, hey, you like Muppets and puppets and weird shit. Come look at this. Mm -hmm. So I did. And it was. Uh, weird ass Muppet puppets. It was a lot. Um, there's a lot to unpack in these episodes. So upon first viewing, you know, the initial reaction is typically, what the fuck did I just watch? Rewatching it multiple times, you slowly start to see more, uh, get a little more invested in, in the characters, and especially once they released more episodes. Mm -hmm. So for a while, it was just this one episode. Um, but when you look at the detail that goes into it, it's hard to, it's, this isn't something that can be mass produced. Well, not only that, and we'll, we'll actually, we'll, we'll go into that momentarily, but, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on and then you start to kind of get into the theories, like what exactly is happening, you know, because it's, it's kind of like a transformer. It's more than meets the eye. Like there's a lot more happening than just what is initially displayed out on the screen. And when you really get down to it, going now, now we haven't gone through frame by frame by frame, but other people have, and we have watched YouTube, like Patrick said earlier, uh, you know, different YouTube breakdown videos, you know, with people expressing their own theories, which has led us to coming up with our own theories that are different than the theories that were presented to us. And we're going to talk about all of that in the next half hour or so. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I saw it, like I had gone down a rabbit hole of uh, film theory videos and this came up. I was like, what the hell is this? And I watched it. I was like, whoa. And I stopped it and I went back to watch the whole thing. Cause it's, it's like half an hour, you know, I, I, you know, the time episode is less than four minutes. You know, the opening episode is less than four minutes. And I think uh, the I think the longest episode is like eight minutes long. So, yeah. And, and you were introduced to these videos a couple of years ago. Yes. So After it, they it had may, all been. Yeah, I was going to say. So uh, the whole series consists of six episodes that were released between the 29th of July, 2011, through the 19th of June 2016. Yes. So there's a you know, huge gap of time there between when episodes were released. And then on, uh, yeah, so the final episode, the sixth episode aired on the 19th of June uh, 2016. Uh, about a year later... They started, the, the creators, so the creators are Becky Sloan and Joseph Pelling, mm -hmm. who are both writers, directors, and animators. So, fun fact, you know those really fucking weird trolley gummy worm commercials? They I, do those. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
I didn't know sense. that that they are part of the. So I don't know if it, it's their company and corp. You know, in, in there's a lot of stop with, motion involved uh, in this. Well, but that's what they do. Yeah. So they do stop animation. They do actual animation, computer animation, puppetry. All of that stuff. I actually just started following Becky Sloan on Instagram. Joseph Pelling's not super active on Instagram, but she is. And some of her artwork and stuff that she's working on, obviously a lot of Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared inspired stuff. And Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But anyways, um, back in 2018... A teaser trailer titled Wakey Wakey Which was we will play. released on their channel, uh, teasing a television show made in collaboration with Blink Industries, Conoco, and Super Deluxe. So the video gained over 2 million views within 24 hours of its release and peaked at number one on YouTube's trending list, which is like a difficult thing to do if you think about all of the things that make up YouTube that are currently on YouTube. And in 2018, it was announced that the show's pilot episode would be shown at the 2019 Sundance Film Festival, which it was. So it was a 23-minute episode uh, that appeared in the Indie Episodic Program 1 alongside other short films. And as of recently, on July 7th of this year, it was announced that the Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared series, whatever they're choosing to call it, I'm not sure, will be airing on Channel 4 as a television series in the future. Now, if you're not familiar, Channel 4 is like a, a, a almost like an ABC, CBS type thing over in England. Yeah. On the, I don't know if it's BBC or ITV. Um, but BBC. but it's I, well I think it's like kind of like you know BBC is one thing Channel Four is another thing but it's one of their their networks over there yeah 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 it's super easy barely an inconvenience so that's what's currently going on with that so I'm not sure if you know coronavirus has put a wrench in I'm sure the creative it has process it of things you know. Uh, but they kind of get into a little bit, you know, I have some of it in my notes here, but I'm not going to, I'm going to spare you the boring t t details, but some of the financial hardships that they underwent through making some of these episodes, you know, episodes one through six that aired on YouTube and Vimeo and I think some, some other uh, service as well as their website is mirrored in some of the theories that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Yeah. And the first time I watched it, I wasn't sure what was going on. I thought it was just weird for weirdness sake. When you're first introduced to these characters, they're sitting at a kitchen table. And it's Red Guy, who he's all in red. And it's actually a person in a, in a costume. costume. He looks like he has a red mop on his head. Yeah, he looks like... Uh, Kind of looks like the, a spaghetti monster type. Oh, what the fuck are their names? The weird aliens. Are, yep, 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 yep. Uh huh. Uh -huh. A little bit, kind of like that. Crossed with remember the fry with kids with no mouth. The yeah, fry the fry kids, kids from, from McDonald's. McDonald's. Yes, they hung like all the the weird ass fry. Yeah, kind of like that because there was a red one. They looked kind of like pom poms, yeah. but his spaghetti hair is like way longer. Like it goes down. 
you know, to his chest all the way around his head, 360 degrees. So it, it's, you know, a good 18 inches in length. And he seems to be, I mean, he's definitely larger than his other puppet counterparts. Well, the duck is, you know, an anthropomorphic duck, so he's not going to be that big, you know, kind of like a Howard the Duck, but... He looks like a mallard. Yes. Green duck, yellow bill. Uh, he is wearing an ensemble. I think it's just like a brown vest. And then there's... To make uh, him look a little more distinguished. Uh, and, and there's a little bit of... The, the puppet looks a little bit, I would say, weathered. Yeah. Like, he doesn't... There seems to be an age gap between each of these characters. Yeah, like, he could, like... So the duck is probably the oldest out of all of them. Yeah, and the, the red guy is, like, the show's creator, so it's kind of like, you know, he put himself in there because he's, you know... You know, they're just... Uh, like the, a Seth MacFarlane type thing. And then you have Yellow Guy, who's the youngest of the group. He's very childlike and, and immature and, you know, not He seems like the... he's like 10 years old. He seems like he's a child. See, I thought he was younger than that. I thought he was maybe like seven. You know, just the way he calls things by their inappropriate, like different names. Like, oh, hi, I, pigeon. Yeah, when he sees the butterfly, <laughs> the butterfly, he's like, a little baby pigeon. Yeah, but the duck refers to him as a bee. He sees a butterfly and he's like, ah, pesky bee. Like, I think that has, I don't know what that's specifically about, but I have an idea, you know, but, um, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, that's a bee. I don't want it to sting me. Swap. But, like, I know it's a butterfly. And then that weird thing that hatches out of the egg, clearly not a bee. But we're getting ahead of ourselves because the first episode is all about creativity. And then the second episode is about time. The third episode is about love. Fourth episode, technology. Fifth episode is diet. And the sixth episode is dreams. So I don't think they have like legit names for each of these episodes. The, that's what they're. It's just it's called computer. like you know. So everything is kept pretty simple and simplistic, almost like an episode of Sesame Street or. It's know, like these, these learning like and uh, in all honesty. So I have a note up here. It says Sesame Street meets David Lynch. Like that's the. the I was going to say Guillermo del Toro. That is the best way I can describe what this this whole thing is. This whole series is. Yeah, because there is a part where he meets the talking dog and he pets him. He's like, "Hello, fluffy buddy," and he pets the dog and the dog's like, hey, "Harder." It's like what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird, but um. Everything starts out innocent enough and then slowly goes from episode to episode. It seems to get darker and darker and darker. There's a weird anthropomorphization of, of some of the some of the things, you know, just like any other kids show would be, um, you know, like. You know, Goofy is a dog, but Pluto is also a dog. But for some reason, Pluto's a pet, but Goofy is a you know, humanoid. He's been anthropomorphized. Um, you know, it's one of those weird things where it's like, it kind of, uh, I don't know, like in the in the Lion King or some of these other uh, Disney films where it's like, oh, these animals can talk, but these other animals can't talk. And, 
you know, it's whatever's convenient for the plot. So, like, there's in the opening uh, opening episode, they have the uh, talking notebook. You know, that is, you know, singing the songs. They have a talking computer. They have, you know. Um, I'm a computer. I'm a computer guy. Yeah. So Everything's they, made out of buttons and wires. Like, there, everything, there's a song to everything. So it kind of has there are like certain that, things that nursery rhyme-esque to right. it that almost like lulls you into a false but sense there of security. Are, but there are also certain things that don't have that same anthropomorphization. Like, there's no... There's no, um, like the TV, you know, like the, you know, most of the appliances, the lamps, but the, not the microwave, you know, not the, the refrigerator, but not the stove. Like, it's weird how they choose what has sentience and what doesn't. It's, it's, it's odd. It's odd the way they do that. And I, but I think everything serves a purpose. Right, I just I, I'm when I first watched it, this, like this was one of my one of my thoughts was like, why are certain things sentient or alive? Like you know, we see the the model of the digestive system in the healthy eating episode, but this thing is also alive because when the giant steak destroys it and steps on it, it shrieks in pain. You know, which is weird, but like some of the other diagrams, they're not alive, but some of them are. It's so, it's so odd. It's almost like whatever, whatever needs to be um, alive is alive. And some things that don't need to be alive are also alive just to prolong their suffering. Um, you know, which kind of ties into the theory I have. But... You have a bunch of notes. You printed a bunch of stuff out. So, like, you have a kind of more of a streamlined trail of thought. So let's let's start with the first episode. And what we see is the notebook singing the song about being creative. And it's like, well, how do you be creative? And, you know, like you said, this is just like a Sesame Street song. How do I be creative? It's like, oh, what do you see in this orange? Oh, it's just a boring orange. It's like, oh, it could be a face, and like they have a little animated segment of the the orange growing legs and walking around and like being sentient. And so they're like, oh, well, here's a fun activity: take a bunch of leaves and sticks, and then spell out your favorite color. And so a red guy says blue, green guy says red, green guy duck, and yellow guy says green, and the notebook's like, no, green isn't a creative color. It's like, what does that even mean? What do you mean green isn't a creative color? How is that not, like, what? And then we find out a little more later on about why certain things happen to Yellow Guy. Like, he paints a picture of a clown, and it's actually quite good. And from off screen, somebody pours oil all over it. And we do see this picture later on hung up which i thought was very interesting because there's a lot of callbacks and easter eggs in every single episode for something that's six episodes averages about five minutes an episode there's a lot of shit hidden in these things well what's crazy is that there is so much to look at so much to theorize so much to take into consideration that these theory videos are like three times this 
the 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 time the length of, of the actual you know, source the length material. of the actual material. Yeah, it's insane. Like, you know, why is it June nineteenth every day? Like, there's a whole theory that it's kind of like when um, movies do the cut. It's not something that is done anymore, to my knowledge. But movies used to do these cut frames, so they would like insert a frame of, you know, somebody being tortured babies being murdered or whatever into these films so it invoked more of an emotional response now you did not see like you don't you remember didn't seeing notice it. Like, the same principle as fight club but like you know you yeah kind of like, where they would insert little yes. pieces of porn like one frame of porn in the kids' movie. Right, and, and like the parents would feel really uncomfortable and they didn't know why. There's a, there's a movie called Irreversible that does that with their soundtrack. First of all, it's a Gaspar Noe film, and it's fucking brutally like savage. Like Most people can only watch it once. But the soundtrack, like part of the sound that's in it, is a sound that's so low it's barely audible, but it induces anxiety. Like, you don't even know you're hearing it, but it, like, kind of mm-hmm. sets your teeth on edge. And you don't know why you're feeling that. And it just heightens what's going on in the movie. And Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared is like this. Because, like I said, there's a uh, part in the, uh, in the Time episode where the clock is singing and dancing and waving his arm around. And there is very clearly a swastika you know, instead of like E equals MC squared, it says swastika equals MC squared, which is what? Like, I haven't seen a theory on that or what that means, but, you know, mainly because I don't think anybody wants to touch that. But it's so weird. So the creative episode, like, it's... Talk a little bit about how that one ends and what people are, are doing in that. Well, they're being artistic. They're being creative with body parts. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, if you're going to play with the heart, you might as well glitter it. And, like, the. Fabulous. But, I mean, I have, I have, I have theories on that. So, everything eventually turns into a puddle of gore in the end. And the creative episode, you know, starts that. And the time episode continues with that. The love episode. So the time episode is all about time and how time is pretty much this human construct. And it doesn't really exist. It only exists if you want it to exist. But when they ask about that. Well, yeah, but when they when they ask about it, the clock is just like, mur, 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 like, I'm not going to answer this. It is what it is. Leave it alone. Let's well, he, move on they, to the, the next The line topic. goes, when did it start and when did it and when will it stop? And he says, time is important and I am a clock. It's like, that's not an answer. And then, like, they start getting philosophical. It's like, you know. You know, is time even real? Does anyone know? And then, like, he starts making, like, alarm clock sounds until yellow guy's ears literally bleed. Like, you see blood come pouring out of his ear. And we're, I'm going to play that at the very end. So if you listen to the song when he makes that that noise, you will hear the sound effect of the blood pouring out of his ear. But, yeah, the, the creativity episode, 
the way that one ends, Duck is writing death and then like kind of smears the H with his hand. And Red Guy is taking a human heart and covering it with glitter. And there's like random like viscera running into a, a, a mouse hole in the floorboards. Duck is cutting a pie of some sort. And it's, it kind of looks like it's like a solid top, or like outer layer, like the top and the sides and the bottom are solid, but like inside it's just all like Intestine. goopy guts. It's viscera. It's shredded meat of some kind. And it's like, hmm, dinner, you know, like this is what, I forget what yellow guy is making for his, for his uh, horrific diorama. But it's like, where does this, what, what does this even mean? And, you know, it, the whole thing, I think, is all about, you know, like nihilism and death and the inevitability of, you know, just everyone eats someone else in. It's a circle of life. Yeah. Then, you know, Elton John shows up and starts singing. Um, because at the end of the time episode... That's how you episode, know it's for kids. Yeah. At the end of the time episode, like, the characters are seeing themselves, like, rot, rot and decay. decay. And, like, get, you know, grow old. And, like, a big chunk of, like, Red Guy is, like, pulls out a chunk of his hair. But there's also, like, a big hunk of meat on it. Like, all of Duck's feathers come off his hand. And the flesh starts melting off his bones. And... Yellow guy is watching himself like age rapidly, like the dude at the uh, Julian Glover at the end of uh, Last Crusade when he drinks from the wrong cup, and then it just stops, and then it goes into the upbeat music, da 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 da, and there's like blue fur with red maggots writhing all through it. It's almost like a time lapse of maggots deconstructing a body. Like, if you've ever seen that, like, you know, when they talk about, like, the body farms and stuff like that, and they show, like, what it looks like for a body I to sit out body in, the, farms. in the sun, and then it gets eaten by, like, the maggots and stuff, and it just, like, slowly decays, and you just see millions and millions of maggots come out. It's so weird. Like, what the fuck? Why did this happen? But they, you know, the the song, the time song, that's my favorite episode, probably because the... It's 9.30. Fish everywhere. Mm. Everywhere, it's uh, it's uh, you might want to move your phone. I keep oh, she I'm keeps horrible. Why she's can't putting I do her phone today? in a certain oh spot? And she keeps kicking the cord and knocking it down. <laughs> um, they have like the time song is very, very catchy, which you know, a kid's show would be like I said, nursery rhymes, yeah. And it's like you know, it's got the nice music and it's jaunty and it's you know got this let's go on a journey and an adventure type thing uh this like beat to it and everything that's happening is awful every like well everything that happens in every episode is is awful as he's as he's like you know like oh this is what's fun you know and like uh you know they're talking about plague and and Guys living in the sewer, covered in slime, and you know, watching a, a, an apple rot. You know, and they're talking about you know making the most of their time. 
you know, and Duck's like, I'm going to build a card castle. And the clock, like, cho- karate chops his card castle and knocks it down and gets mad at him, like, for wasting time almost. But, like, the entire song is wasting time. It's it's bizarre. So what do you, what did And you then you listen to this podcast and waste more of your time. Oh, this isn't a waste. It's time well spent. So what what were your thoughts of time when you first saw it, like that episode? I'm waiting till the end to give my whole theory. Oh, you've spiel. got the whole. Th- oh, okay. I, I've got yeah. I've I've got. All right, so I'll go through my side then, and because I didn't know, I wasn't sure if you wanted to. No, touch because on everything each one. like my every I believe every episode is connected. And granted, the characters don't go through much of an evolution. They kind of die in every episode, but they I don't think die it's more in every episode. I mean, they kind of do die in every episode. Almost it's, every episode. But I feel like weird. it's a metaphor. I feel, I feel like everything is a metaphor for something. See, my, my thought is it kind of touches on the, the film theory, which is, you know, the show is Red Guy created the show, and it's kind of like a, uh, a satirical look or a dark satirical look at... You know, children's shows. It's like, oh, I have this great idea, and I'm going to do my idea my way. And then there's so much studio interference that your original vision gets destroyed and trampled and ruined. Uh, I think that's kind of that's you know kind of where it goes. But I think that this is like doesn't take place in our world. It takes place in this no, really? weird. Off world. You don't see big Muppets running run around everywhere? Yes, I do. Gritty. Gritty's real. Oh my god, hockey's coming back, guys. But anyways. Um So like this is it's because like it's it's almost like what people would look like if we evolved from Muppets, I think. But um yeah, because everybody has I've evolved these, from a Muppet. Everybody has these weird like Yay! they're their outward appearance matches their darker uh, their darker traits or their like yellow guy is very innocent so he has like this very uh, innocent look to him you know red guy is just kind of plain and unassuming but he's got this like little bit of flair to him he's kind of blase too like his his tassels kind of are like a, a an an adornment, but like you know in the last episode we get to see their true identities, what they really look like. You know they look essentially the same; they're just different colors. Um, they all turn into the colors that they said were their favorite and most creative color. And each each one of these episodes gives you like a weird indo- it's like a weird indoctrination and. At one point, Red Guy leaves, and that's probably the darkest episode, the one that he's not in, because of everything that happens to Duck. But, yeah, you. what is your theory? I want to hear your theory. I'm very interested. Well, we first of all, I feel like we, because we talked about Red Guy, so we talked about Duck Guy, we talked about Yellow Guy. We haven't talked about Roy yet. Because we haven't gotten into the background. So this was funded through a Kickstarter. And at the end of every episode, they talk about, they, they name all the Kickstarters, 
and then they write and Roy in the credits. And if you don't watch all the way or you don't pay attention, because I mean, who pays attention to the credits? Um, you miss it. Right. Roy was introduced, so he wasn't a part of the first episode, or was he? But he's definitely part of the second episode when Yellow Guy says, I'm friends with my dad. And there's Roy. Now, Roy doesn't have any speaking parts, but he's very important to the show. He kind of facilitates everything, and that kind of feeds into some of the theories that other people have. My dad is a com- computer. You know, so the innocent, and, and it really feeds into the innocence of Yellow Guy, too. Like, he just, he loves his dad. He just wants to be there for his dad. He wants to be good for his dad. Make and, him proud. And his dad, it's almost like a, his dad bought his way into this situation is throwing money at the problem so his son can be a star, so he can live vicariously through his son, yellow guy. But he's also, he's like worse than Michael Jackson's dad. He's horrible, yeah. Like, Tito ain't got nothing on this guy. Tito wasn't Michael Jackson's dad. Who's Tito? Tito is one of his brothers. Oh. I forget his dad's name. But it was Randy, Michael, Jermaine, Tito, and I forget who the other one is. like Tito Sr.? No, I'll have to look it up, but go ahead. But but anyways, so it, it almost comes out to be like a, a stereotypical pageant parent type thing where, you know, the, the parent is behind the scenes, but the parent is puppeteering, you know, and in this instance, pun included, the child, getting the child to obtain all of this uh, notoriety, obtain all of this um, attention and claiming that for their own glory. Jackie, Tito, Jermaine, Marlon, and Michael. So, not Randy. I mean, Randy was in there. Randy? So, Michael was the conga, Randy was percussion, Jermaine was bass guitar, Tito was lead guitar, Jackie was on the tambourine. Joe! Joe Jackson. Yes, and Marlon, Marlon Jackson also played tambourine. Joe Jackson. That's his dad's name. Yeah, that's... I know stuff. Yes! I'm going to drink more wine. Yes! So, go ahead. Continue your, uh, your theory. Well, this isn't a theory. I'm just explaining who Roy is. Oh, yeah. Roy is this horrible person behind the scene. And when you start to break down some of the... So, obviously, he's prevalent in some of these videos. You could say, hey, that's Roy. But when you start to break down some of these videos frame by frame, you see him almost like puppeteering some of these characters, like up in the corner, you know, looking down, making sure that everything is... is being done the way it's supposed to be done he's doing that was the healthy eating episode oh yeah he's doing like inappropriate things um taking his child to punish land yeah taking him on a trip to punish land because his eyes have grown arrogant and rude that's that's from an interview uh uh i forget the name of it but it's like a very british saying like it's such that or something like that. Um, they uh, they interviewed the characters. Yeah, so they interviewed Red Guy. 
Um, they interviewed. Yeah, interviewed Duck Guy. They interviewed all of them. All of them. Okay. Uh, but Yellow Guy kept talking about all the things. They're, like, they're like, "Oh, you know, what are you? Uh, what are you afraid of? Like, what fears do you have? And this and that, because these are some weird episodes. And everything that he mentioned, like, "Oh, I'm afraid of clouds, the moon, the sky, horses." You know, and in every episode, there's a horse. You know, like every single episode, it's like a little horse on a on the mantle. There's a horse. You know, in in the uh, in the uh, like a rocking horse, like there was a horse in the rocking horse. I'm trying to remember the word for it. There was a rocking horse. There was a unicorn, like in one of the episodes. Pegasus. Uh, No, it was just a regular unicorn. Uh, In the love episode, like the time episode, had like everything that he's afraid of. You know butterflies and bees and things like that, which is, I think, why he said it was a pigeon because they told him it was a pigeon so he wouldn't freak out about it. Maybe the uh, red guy and the duck told him, like, oh, no, no, that's a baby pigeon. It's not a it's not a butterfly. And, you know, maybe he was afraid of butterflies, and that's why Duck killed the butterfly at the beginning and called it a bee. I don't know. Well, like, Roy looks weird. So, obviously, he's yellow because he's yellow guy's dad. But, like, he looks like a guy who would spend a little too much time in the back room of a video rental store. Yeah, he's got, like, where yellow guy has, like, the long, like, mohawk mullet, mullet hawk. Um, Roy has, like, a few threads. Uh, like, what are those, like? And his nose is sideways, over. like he got punched a lot. Or like he's he's crooked. Like he's that just saying like he and has crooked t- he's nose. got like like uh, weird overbite. Like his teeth hang out, <laughs> and he dresses just like his son. They both wear overalls, and like there's one scene in the time uh, in the time episode where again the clock tries to distract everyone. And, like, because Yellow Guy sees, like, all these things flying by. He's like, oh, an old man died. But look, a computer. Like, the you know, the, the, the clock's, like, you know, distracting. We're like, yeah, it's an old guy. But look, a computer. And he's like, my dad is a co- computer. And his dad is, like, watching porn with, like, a weird tinfoil hat on. Which is. Because that helps them. For, they, they can't read your mind that way. Yeah. But it was. It was Make sure you bizarre. leave water around, too. In the episode. Where, uh, yeah, Abigail Breslin, that's you. You leave half half drank hey, water bottles. When the all aliens th- come, they we're weren't aliens. Be all set. They were demons. So when the demon alien, and no, because all of that water was blessed by Mel Gibson. So unless your water is blessed by Mel Gibson, my water is blessed by me. We are we are okay. getting off track here. Like I told you it was going to be a weird fucking episode. Yes, but you're welcome. In the technology one, the computer one. Roy can be seen in the corner of one of the of the room when Red Guy is trying to get out of the computer screen. Um, well, he's like you know banging on the keyboard and like trying to get the computer to restart. Um, but you can only see that if you're watching it frame by frame and you turn the brightness up because he's in the corner in the dark. He's seen briefly in the episode after that, the uh, healthy eating one. The one that doesn't feature Red Guy, although you see Red Guy twice, he is, like you were saying, 
up in the corner of the set looking down on them. And at that point, you can tell it's a set. Yes. There's like, you, it, it pans up and you can see like the lighting. Yeah, because Duck's clearly like... Clearly, this is a stage and He's like, I don't want to be here anymore. And he whacks the camera. And as the camera's like spinning around and falling, it pans up and you see that they're not in a house. They're literally in a set. Um, you do get a little glimpse of that at the beginning of the first episode, uh, when everything kind of turns digital and like does a 360 uh, pan. You can see all the cameras and everything, and all the cameras, the cameras are uh, sentient anthropomorphized beings as well. So it's weird, you know. So, getting into some of the theories about this, the main theory that we this is what they covered in that film theory. YouTube channel, uh, it's a theory that is tossed around Reddit a lot as well, is the fact that Red Guy is the creative type, and he is trying to make a children's show. Now, unfortunately, in order to do anything, you need money. And so he reached out and, you know, somehow got the sponsors. He did the open mic night, and Roy was there. And um, Roy, Yellow Guy's dad, decides to throw money at it. He is the sponsor. He is the backer. So that's why Roy is is in pretty much every episode, aside from the first episode. And I think he's actually in the first episode. You just don't meet him until the second episode. He is kind of controlling the purse strings. So it's if you want to do this, you wanna you wanna be creative, you want to create your dream, you wanna do this, you have to follow my rules, you have to play by my rules. And you know, part of those rules are you have to have all of these pro you know, product placement, you know, there's uh in the kitchen scene you can see a lot of things that say Roy on Roy's it. oats, Roy's cream, Roy's you know, you know, the fact that his son spaghetti. is starring in it where, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of other child actors who would have been more suited for this role. You know, they, they have to hire Yellow Guy because his his dad's controlling the funds and how, you know, you can have these crazy, grand, great ideas, but you can't put all of those ideas into play when somebody else is controlling your finances. Kind of like, you know, production companies. There are a lot of directors who want to do great things but can't do it because the production companies that are backing this, you know, the, the, the films, controlling all the money, don't want certain things to happen or want certain things to happen that the director doesn't want to happen. And honestly, that's why we get films that are just kind of like, oh, you know, that was all right. Why but, is there so much product placement in this? Or, you know, why was the story like this? Why, you know... That's not the natural progression for things to have Right, gone. and a lot of times it's because of money. It's because the production company... whoever is franchise, cinematic universe! You know, whoever is, you know, financially backing these projects wants certain things done. Right, wants it's... wants it done a specific way, and... There's a... There's a great example of this in the movie uh, State in Maine where they, uh, the film crew goes and it's like William H. Macy and um, he's the director and the screenwriter, the guy who wrote the book that this movie is based on, 
is with the whole, you know, all the production crew, and they're like, like, oh, well, we're, we came to this town in Vermont or whatever the hell it is, you know, to film here because of the old mill, and, you know, he, one of the guys is like, oh, bad news, the old mill burned down. When? 40 years ago. Oh. And William H. Macy looks at Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's the screenwriter, and says, hey, do you think we can do it without the old old mill? And Hoffman's like, uh, uh, and he's like, all right, great, yeah, go, and, you know, we'll do it. And everyone clears out and, like, goes to do whatever they're doing, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's just kind of standing there, and he, like, goes to, like, start making notes on his copy of the script, and the script is called The Old Mill. <laughs> Oops. Hey, you think we can do it without the old mill? Uh. Well, and if you think about it, you know, look at all of the independent creators we've had the opportunity to have conversations with and, and interview over the years. You know, their biggest, I don't want to say complaint, but, you know, they say, this is what I could do with the amount of money that I was given. However... I'm grateful because I was at least able to follow my vision. my dream, my vision, you know, whereas a lot of these production companies don't allow you to do that. It's like, well, I'm paying for it, so I want to see it done this way. So there's, you know, it's some things on the independent level aren't done well because it's like, wow, you know, this was a really good concept, but you weren't able to achieve exactly what you wanted to achieve because you didn't have the money to, you know, for, for visual effects or, or what have you. But at the same time, it's like, had you had the money through backing from, you know, that's why I think like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, all of these like fan backing. Crowdfunding. You know, crowdfunding. That's a good word. <laughs> um, I think that's a really great option because it allows you to, you know, attempt to fulfill your vision versus having to deal with the input of others. But and I think, you know, uh, um, so getting back to the theory. So the theory is, the you know, everything kind of digresses and Red Guy eventually leaves because he just gets fed up with it. It's not his show every, anymore. It, right. You know, it starts out being his show and every episode, you know, that's why there's a lot of death because he feels like it's it's the death of the show. It's the death of his vision. Well, it's the death of his creation. Because even in the, uh, you know, one of the things that Matt Pat brings up is in the episode with the computer, like the technology episode, um, they're like, what's the biggest thing in the world? Oh, if only someone could help us out with that. And he very deliberately turns to look at the globe. And Duck's like, yes, where can we learn more about the world? And he turns and looks at the globe as well. And there's a musical cue. And all of a sudden, this computer shows up. And he's genuinely, like, taken aback by that. Both of them like, are like, what? Like, why? Who are you? And he even says... You know, we already have a computer. Like, here's a globe. The globe has a face on it. Like, the globe turns to start talking, and then the computer interrupts them. You know, it's similar with the time episode. When the clock shows up and starts dancing and singing, he turns and says, what? Who is that? Like, that wasn't his vision. That's something that Roy did in order to, like, punish his son or, like, put his, torture his son in some way and, like... You know, it's this, like, weird form of, like, tele-abuse. 
Like it's it's weird. So he eventually leaves. You know, some people are like, oh, he graduated uh, college or whatever. He or he graduated high school and went off to to college, and that's why he left. But you know, it's you know, how many times has a has somebody left? Like yep. Ron Howard left uh, solo due to creative differences with Disney. Like, how many times have you seen? Like, but you see that a lot with you know, this is my creation. This is an idea I originated, but it has become this completely different monster. It's not what it was supposed to be, and. I don't feel like I have any creative control over it anymore. And I'm so unfulfilled and so miserable by it that I'm just going to leave the project. I'm going to leave the project that I started, this idea that, you know, I've had. And, and let's face it, a lot of these ideas that people have are things that have been festering in their minds for years, mm-hmm. decades even sometimes, you know, um, things that they have thought about. You know, this is my this is what I do, but this is this is my passion. You know, so for someone to have to walk away from their passion because of of money, you know, it's it's sad. And there's a a sad undertone to every single episode of this, you know, short series. And I, you know, and and that's that's one of the theories behind it. It's because it's not what it's supposed to be. It was supposed to be this simple, lighthearted, fun kids TV show where they learn a few things. They have a you know few laughs. And it's a creative outlet for the creators. Yeah, for Red Guy and, and for Duck. Right. Well, I don't think Duck is a is a creator, but he's certainly like he's an actor. He's somebody that's been around for a while. It's almost like you know when you have that one friend who will follow you wherever you go and do what you do. I feel like that's who Duck is to Red Red Guy. Maybe I I don't. I mean, that's an interesting theory. I don't particularly agree with that. I look at him as. Uh, a or is or he's like a seasoned actor. He's past his prime, just looking for a job, and this is something that came up, and he's willing to give a hundred and ten percent. Yeah, he like he he found retirement to be too boring, and he couldn't he would be like a hobby. But he doesn't want he, he doesn't want all of the uh, all of the responsibility. He just wants to come in and act. I'm an actor. Yeah, he just wants to come. I just want like, to come in. I want to get into character. I want to do my job. <laughs> get into character. <laughs> What's your motivation? You're a duck. Brilliant. <laughs> I will be the best duck. Um, yeah, that's you know, that's what I look at. I mean, it could again, as we learned from uh, from this uh, theory uh, video that we watched. Every theory is right. You know, and I actually, you know, in doing some research because there's so many fan theories out there and i didn't realize that this series was as popular as it as it is um but there's so many fan theories out there there are several interviews with the creators where they talk about some things they'll talk about like the technical aspects but they won't really get into the characters right you know they'll talk a little bit about you know uh creatively like where the idea came from and stuff i believe the two creators met in college and that's kind of where everything where where the magic started to happen so to speak but 
they don't tell you what you're supposed to think. So when people ask them to, when, you know, interviewers ask them to interpret what exactly everything is supposed to be, they say, whatever you think it is, it's correct. Like they're, they're allowing you to interpret it as, as is, which I think is brilliant because when you add so much content the way that they did, there are so many different ways to interpret it. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's one of those, it's like the writer who, you know, sits at a, at a book signing and someone's like, well, this is what I thought of your book. Oh, that's exactly what I meant. And someone else comes up to him and says, this is what I got out of your book. And it's something completely different. Oh, thank you. That's exactly what I what I was going for. You know, like whatever your interpretation of it. I think anything that is creatively out there. You know, whether it be a video, a film, an an art piece, a piece of literature, what have you. Anything that is out there that is open to interpretation just creates more art in the long run. Because, you know, think about all of these theories that are out there for this one thing. And there are theories for each and every episode, too. Like, there are people who sit there and break down every single episode. Now, I know you have a theory... Yeah, my theory, uh, I kind of touched on it a little bit um, earlier when I was saying how, like, this is, you know, uh, I agree a lot with um, with Matt Pat, not because we share uh, three letters of our name, um, but because it makes a lot of sense, you know, especially where you get through the entire... Uh, series and you see the final episode where you know it goes from these huge um, these huge sets that are uh, incredibly uh, well decorated and full of all kinds of different things you know like you know the same recurring props as well you know which is still to save money you know like the the red blue and yellow hat that you see over and over again you know the uh the King of Love, Malcolm. Uh, we see like a little bust of him sitting on the uh, uh, on the mantle from episode. He was in episode three, and then episode four, you see like a little toy version of him. Like there's, you know, they reuse props a lot, and you know he realizes that he can make this show, and he can make it to his vision without taking Roy's money and without pushing Roy's sponsorships you know because that's what the first episode that he wasn't in essentially became the fucking Roy show and he was like you know what take your money do whatever the fuck you want like I don't care anymore I'm done with this but I'm taking the actors and I'm taking the characters you can have the show I don't care but I'm I'm starting over and we will be legally distinct from uh, from from all the stuff that you have. So, like, he didn't break his contract, but he took all of his intellectual property and brought it with him and started up his show with his own vision. And so Roy was kind of left holding the bag because he didn't own any of the intellectual property. You know, Red Guy, you know, like, he owned the characters, you know, and we don't know that they're called red guy, yellow guy, and, you know... Uh, 
They don't duck. have names. Because, yeah, because they don't refer to each other that way. But, you know, we see the, uh, in the sixth episode, Dreams, we see the um, the beds. There's three beds in the bedroom, and they each have one letter on them, R, Y, and D. So red, yellow, duck um, is the only thing I can think of. And in that, uh, it's nice that. That's the name of that publication where they did the interview. It's nice that. Um they referred to them as red guy, yellow guy, and duck. And so what we see at the very end is, you know, after all this strife and turmoil and behind the scenes just craziness uh, and, you know, at certain points, savage, unadulterated brutality and carnage, I mean... Yellow guy literally drowns in oil in his bed. Um, we see a very toned down set. We see a very toned down, um, you know, backdrop. You know, there's you don't have the dozens of props everywhere. You just have the three of them, a couple of items on the table, and the talking notebook. And it starts over with episode one again. You know, what's your favorite idea? The notebook pops open and says. And they're all, like I said earlier, they're all back to the color that they said was their favorite color to create with. Red guy is blue. Duck is red. Uh, green guy, uh, yellow, is gr- yellow guy is green. It's also a simpler set. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. there's, it's just them sitting there. There's not all these props everywhere. I don't even think there's a window in this set. There's, you know, no product placement or Right, it's anything. just them, the notebook, and, like, a couple of things on the table. Uh, you know, like a coffee cup or, or, or something. And But it's his vision. So now he can come back and he can do his show and film it to YouTube, you know, or, or Vimeo, like you were saying. Like, just make his own stuff and put it to the... Uh, you know this this um, you know free streaming service and you know crowdfunding and stuff like that. That's where they can get their money, and that kind of ties into how uh, uh, Becky and and Joe did did their whole uh, their whole approach. So, I mean, that's that's my theory, I guess. Yeah, you know, what I got out of it. So, mine is a little different. So my theory is that it's a commentary on aging. And that's why you have the three distinct characters. And I think there's a little bit of that mixed in with there. You know, um, especially with with Roy being there trying to mommy dearest yellow guy. Mm. Um, No wire hangers. No wire hangers. But anyways... I think it's a commentary on aging and, you know, the fact that at some point society beats it into you that being creative is no longer an option. Doing the things that you once loved is no longer acceptable. And, you know, we were having a slight discussion off air before we, we started recording and, you know, when was the last time somebody asked you what you wanted to be when you grew up? When was the last time somebody, you know, 
told you that you can be anything. What's your favorite dinosaur? Right? What's your favorite dinosaur? What's your favorite color? Like... But the elf, what's your favorite color? You know, when was the last time somebody took an interest in you that wasn't, you know, so what do you do for work? You know, nice weather we're having. You know, small talk bullshit. You know, it reminds me of, um, you know, like a Calvin and Hobbes. Like Actually, the Calvin and Hobbes thing from... My Facebook memories today, where Calvin, it's a, it's a, the most depressing Calvin and Hobbes cartoon I've ever seen. Um, and you shared it with the uh, caption saying that, you know, this is why you will never ask me to get on any medication because even though, like, my brain is wild ADHD all the time, you wouldn't want to take away my creativity. And in the comic, it's Calvin and Hobbes, and, you know, Hobbes is. Saying like, hey, how come you're doing your homework? It's you know, it's not due till Thursday, and it's only Monday. Why are you doing your homework? And he's like, oh, well, you know, mom, you know, I really wanted to get a, ahead of this. Mom really thinks that the pills are working, and you know, he's doing his homework. He's you know, writing furiously. And Hobbs says something to him like, well, why don't we, why don't we go outside for a little while? And he's like, oh, what'd you say? Oh, I was, you know, I'm just, I'm really busy. I'm trying to finish this. And the last panel is Hobbs as the stuffed animal, and all the color is sucked out of the uh, it there's it's just black and white grayscale and it's like oh like that's brutal and like but that's what this is it's you know oh i want to be really creative i want to express my creativity and it's like be, be creative but not like that right there's a there's a foxtrot cartoon where he's like oh i wrote this story you know the the, the son jason i wrote this story today you know in for whatever class and his mom's like, oh, how'd you, how'd you do? And he's like, oh, well, I got an A+. Plus. She goes, oh, an A+. Plus? He's like, well, I got an A plus a visit with the school psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, maybe next time you shouldn't be that creative. It's like, yeah. like. But, like, where, does, where is that line drawn? And when does it happen? When are you, like, like adulthood and it seems like it's happening earlier and earlier is forced upon children at a young age we tell kids to grow up now granted yes you know everyone grows up you know you want people to be fully functioning adults at some point but i think that the best adults are the ones who still maintain a bit of their childhood you know who read comic books who search ebay for easy bake ovens like you know, <laughs> you know and, and some of this something to go ahead i was gonna say some of this stuff now that we see like that's you know 20 years ago is like well you know you have to get rid of all your action figures because that's kid stuff you have to get rid of this because it's kid stuff stop reading the comic books because that's kid stuff now these are multi-billion dollar industries Yes. And, you know, conventions are fucking massive. Like, the big ones are getting rid of all the small ones. And it's like, oh, well, this is socially acceptable now. I can have this stuff. I can go and buy myself a fucking Lego it's shark only set. acceptable if it's, you know, the, the collector sticker is slapped on there somewhere mm-hmm. and it costs 10 times what it should cost. Yeah. Like, oh, I spent $80 That's on acceptable. this thing, you know? And uh, I just want to, I, Quickly want to do a shout out to Amalgamania, uh, our good buddy, uh, the boy wonderful Ian Wallace, because he and I had a conversation earlier today. If you go over to Amalgamania, uh, if you are a member of the group, you can buy 
the uh, the you know how the, uh, they do the Marvel Legends with the builder figures. Mm-hmm. So right now there's one, and the figure is Strong Guy. It's a new thing that just got released, new Marvel series, and it's uh, a bunch of like Deadpool and Deadpool related characters. And if you go over there, you can buy them at a discounted rate through Amalgamania. Oh, cool! And I said, well, all I want is Jeff the Shark. But Jeff the Shark, Jeff the Land Shark, comes land with shark. comes with uh, you know a different figure. And Ian says, well, you know what? We're going to be doing like an unboxing and an opening, like what we did with uh, the Retro Over Octopus guys when mm-hmm. Ian came up back in March. Uh, we're going to be doing like an unboxing, so you know, I'll send you the shark because he knows I love sharks. So, like that Everyone type of thing. Everyone knows you love sharks, and he's a land shark. He has four legs. He's like a shark puppy. Uh, shark puppy. Yeah, he's a shuppy. Awesome. Uh, yeah, a sharpie. He's a sharpie. He's a sharpie. Um. So, anyways, but so yeah, like, well, let me. I just um. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying is like. That's socially acceptable now, like it wasn't 20 years ago. But but still, like, and in some groups, you know, in, in our group, that's accept, uh, acceptable. But there are still other adults who look down on adults like us uh, poorly. We're not adulting properly. Society is saying, hey, you're not doing this right. So that's what I got out of the creative episode. It's, it's you know, when are we told that our version of creative is no longer creatively acceptable? You know, um, for instance, like I, there was a poetry contest and I wanted to enter it so bad. And I was trying to write an original piece I haven't written in a while. And I was just trying to find that headspace for it. And I couldn't. I've been working a lot, like 12, 13 hour days sometimes. I am tired. When I am tired, I cannot reach that creative space where I feel like I'm fulfilling my creativeness. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm at that space right now cause I'm so eloquent. Um, you know, and, and the submission was this past weekend and I missed it because I couldn't write anything. I sat there and I tried listening to certain music to put me in the headspace. I tried watching certain things. I tried, you know, thinking of certain things, you know, just to kind of get me into that, that creative space and you can't force it. That's one thing I've learned. You cannot force it. It just needs to happen organically. Or when you do force it, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't, you know, I, I was trying and I, I wrote several words over and over again. And I, I erased every single one of them because it just didn't feel right. It, it, it just, it, it wasn't, I don't know. It, it just, it was weird and I didn't like it. So I, I didn't enter this poetry contest because I had nothing to enter. And I was really sad, like really depressed by it because, you know, this is something you know, 10 years ago, I would have had no issue sitting down and coming up with something. But it's like, you know, sometimes being a grown up, having adult responsibilities stunts that creative part of you. Sometimes you don't have time to be creative. And that's what's sad. And I think that's what that first episode is. It's, you know, 
yellow guy who's young, who's trying to be creative. The world is my oyster. I'm going to do whatever I want. It's that point where the world starts to say, well, no, you can be creative, but you have to be creative this way. And it's the, you know, grownups, red guy and duck guy who are just kind of following suit and they kind of start to let loose a little bit and remember what it's like to be creative and what, you know, what it's like to kind of let yourself go a little bit. And then they're immediately put right back into their place. Now, the time episode, you know, time is a construct that is pretty much human based. No other animal tells time. You know, granted, most animals don't have the ability to tell time. No, time does make sense, sort of. It helps us make pizza and keeps us in line. But there is a point in your life where time seems abundant. And you can do anything you want with your time. And there's infinite amount of time. And... You know, the world is your oyster. Go out and, and make something with your time. And then as you get older, you realize, you know, there's not enough time. And that's exactly what Duck Guy says. He's like, there's not enough time. And that's something he kept saying. There's not enough time. Yeah, because he and said there's only five Red, minutes to his show. Right. And Red Guy was like, you know, stop mucking around. You know, it's almost time for our show. Like, it's almost time for this. So he's following the more regiment of of time this time construct you have to do this at this time and this at this time mm -hmm. where as a kid you know i mean we didn't even tell be home time. by dark right exactly during summer you got up when you got up you know you some days you were up when the sun came up and then you went outside you went home when you were hungry or wanted something to drink or you know to grab a toy or whatever and then you know you went back to your friends and you know you just had to be home when the the street lamps come on came on you know for for dinner like time was there was no time. You had nothing but time. And, and now it feels like I don't have any time at all. Mm -hmm. And then in the next episode, the love episode, it's Yellow Guy is the main character in this. And I feel like it's partially... Um, it's a metaphor for social norms being placed upon you. Yeah. You know, you'll find a girl, you'll settle down, you'll get married, well, you'll they, do this. They they don't specifically say girl, they just say your special one. Right, your special one. They but don't they don't specifically say cuz there's a lot of weird puppets that are in that group that Right, don't, but they say you like know, you'll the clock find your and the notebook. You'll find your special one. You'll settle down. You'll be with your special one. And you're placing these societal norms. Yes. Seal it with a ring. You know, and you have red guy and duck guy who are on this picnic and they're just trying to, you know, with yellow guy, trying to enjoy each other's company as is. They're having a chicken picnic, which is fucking weird. Well, it is fucking weird, but I kind of like it. So it's it's chicken, like chicken legs and eggs. Raw. And it kind of begs the question, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? I it, More to for me was one of those... So ducks are anthropomorphic, but they eat chickens. But 
that's not what I got out of it. I, but that's fine. You know, so that's what that episode was for me anyways. It's it's the child like you need to grow up, you need to get married, you need to have a family, you need to buy a house, you need to have the white picket fence, you need to have a happily ever after, quote unquote, whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. You know, how many times do people do things because it's just what's ingrained into them it's what they've been taught you know i'm i'm doing this well why are you doing this well you know my parents did it and i'm doing it now and it's what you're supposed to do you're supposed we have to, to invite them to our wedding you know yeah you know why'd you get married well isn't that what you're supposed to do you know like it and, to me and so, like somebody's got a case of the sposters <laughs> And um, so, so that's what I got out of that episode. It's it's what you're supposed to do. And, and granted, there was a kind of a, a cultish like expose on religion a little bit as well. Yeah, and it was very theory, cultish. When you dig into theories on each episode, like there are theories about how it deals with abortion, and you know how how religion sometimes presses itself upon people. And I'm not, I'm not even going to get into that. They do it I in just... a weird way. This is our king. His name is Malcolm. We must feed him gravel or he gets angry. It's like, what the fuck? But I think it's it's just showing how... Arbitrary religious rules are. religion can be at times. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say anything positive or negative about it. But, you know, if, if you follow a religion and, and you truly believe in it... That is good on you. I grew up in religion and started questioning it at a young age, but still went through the motions because I was forced to to to, to do it. And then once I once I reached the age of reason, I um you, you became a little more cynical and skeptical. Uh, I mean, I have I have my own things that. Can Jesus microwave I a burrito do. so hot that he himself can't eat it? Yeah, it's called a hot pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is like, what the fuck? Um, so anyways, and then Talk the technology episode kind of shows how we get blinded by technology. So, you know, again, at a young age, you think, you know, oh, technology is great. It's going to open up so many doors. It's going to be able to do so many things. And then we kind of get sucked into the same thing every day. Like, in all honesty, how many times do you check the Facebook app on your phone? I don't even like, know what a phone How is. many times do you check your email? How many like we are a slave to technology at this point. And sometimes we have to be. I know from my job, it is you know, I, I work in biotech, so it's fifty to seventy five percent technology. I every get a day. couple hundred emails a day. You know, so it's it's ridiculous fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. um you know and then we go into the other episodes you know they talk about diet and diet is something that you don't really think about as a child but it's something that is you know you, you kind of become more aware of it as an adult especially when you start going to the doctor and having to you know watch your weight and deal with certain things cholesterol blood pressure all of that happy crap and then going into the last episode which is dreams and you know everything you know, every episode affects Yellow Guy more than it affects the other two. And my theory is because they've been through it. They are just kind of conditioned to deal with it. They are what we are at this point, And we are seeing Yellow Guy, the child, start to enter that phase of, 
you know, you need to be what society wants you to be. You need to be socially acceptable. You need to abide by the rules. You know, you need to be a respectful, respectable adult someday. And this is how you need to get there. This is how you need to achieve it. And ultimately, you know, there, there are, everyone's different, you know, everyone's their own person. And I think that's what red guy and duck guy realize throughout the, the episodes throughout the series is that, you know, I trying to reclaim, trying to hold on to that little bit of childlike wonder that yellow guy still has. It's tough because the weight of the world just wants to crush you and crush your spirit. But I think the key is to find little things. Like for you, it's definitely the cat. I love my cat. Find little things that, you know, make you... Find your happiness and and fuck what anybody else thinks. You know, if, if you feel the need to look up toys from your childhood on eBay like I'm currently doing. Not just Easy Bake Ovens, but I'm also looking up Barbies that I used to have that I loved that, you know, my sister had since ruined uh, doing that. Um, currently looking at Spice Girl dolls, by the way. I uh, Girl power. I ended up finding one of the uh, Roboto from uh, the He-Man series and I was so excited that I was almost in tears because that was one of my favorite toys when I you was know, a child. And I think that's why adult coloring books have become so popular. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you don't even need to fucking go out and buy a coloring book. Dude, I just bought a couple weeks ago at Target in the dollar section Baby Yoda coloring books. Little green Baby Babushka coloring books that were a dollar. Dollar. Yeah. I'm gonna color the shit out of them. I know we have all this stuff. We have to. We have the Bob's Burgers one. I have a Star Wars one. Like we need to like do this. Yeah. Do you want to color? Yeah, Let's I always want to color. But anyway, so that's in a very long-winded, not so eloquent. In a big nutshell. In a, in a really big nutshell, more coconut like a peach shell. pit at this show up point. Um, coconut. Coconut shell. Coconut shell. Uh, that that's my theory. I think it's a, a a metaphor for getting older and having people tell you what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. And you know, there's a there's a a, a point to maturity where, you know, being an adult, being mature enough to hold a steady job, you know, be able to pay bills, do your own thing, but you know, maturity doesn't mean that you need to completely give up all of that childlike sense of wonder. No, if anything, I think that you should kind of try and hold on to it and maintain it for as long as you possibly can. Because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not ever going to, you know, tell you that what you like or don't like is good or bad. But, you know, if you get rid of the things that brought you such joy when you were younger, like what brings you joy now? If you're sitting alone in your house or your apartment or your car, 
you know, what brings you joy? Like, what do you think about that makes you happy? You know, and takes you back to that time where you feel young again. Like, I surround myself with that stuff. Like, I don't know. I guess maybe for me it helps because, you know, I love The Simpsons, and that was a huge part of my childhood, and that's still going, you know? So I'm kind of lucky there. You know, there's not like a, you know, a set amount of Simpsons episodes that I can go back to. Like, they're still making new ones. Like, there's stuff I haven't seen. It's awesome. But, you know... I get it. I do. So I think that was a pretty good uh, conversation and a pretty good theory. If you have a theory, we would like to know. Yeah, if you know what the hell we're talking about, like, please let us let us know. If you up if you social medias, if you've not watched, don't hug me. I'm scared. And Free on YouTube. Yeah. Less yeah, than half an hour to watch all of them. You want a mind fuck? Watch I it. I am like I said I'm going to play the uh entirety of the uh time episode at the end of this uh as our uh our, our closing music so you'll get to hear it and y- you need the visuals though you really do so all right so with that we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we have battle results we have science we have wine and we have a preview of what's coming up so excited well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend, Richie the Wizkid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy Best Darn Diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. Holy sidetracking, guys! The train just came off the tracks! Derailers! Be sure to follow the derailers on Twitter at the derailers! And make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube, so you can catch the episode next week, folks. Same derailment time, same derailment channel. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. And we are back. That is uh, the wakey wakey promo that we were talking about earlier. So uh, it's a little weird. And again, you kind of need the visuals to go with it. But whatever, we've played tra- trailers on this show before. So, uh, so Ashes, we have uh, battle results, have we, we not? Do so. Last week, we threw down the zombie brawl, wanting to know which zombie has what it takes to out zombie. All of the other zombies. The special guest referee was Rob Zombie, and the sandbox was the Republican National Convention. Mm-hmm. You could choose from Bub, the Tar Man, 
Julie Walker, or Big Daddy. Don't squeeze the tar, man. And we have two winners. Oh, we have two. So on Twitter, the winner was Big Daddy. And on Facebook, the winner was the Tar Man. I voted for Big Daddy both both times. I voted for Tar Man. See, I voted for him because he was smart. Um, Tar Man uh, was very persistent, but I don't think he was uh, as intelligent. I mean, I know he wasn't brains. as intelligent. More brains. Send more paramedics. Send more cops. Send more paramedics. So do you have science for us today or what? So my science fact, uh, it's a little bit uh, different from our usual science uh, factoroonie here. Uh, and the science factoroonie this week, because that's what I'm calling it now, Factoroonie. Nope. <laughs> no, the science fact for this week is uh, more of a PSA. So we just had on July 14th, which uh, some of you may or may not know as Bastille Day, was also Shark Awareness Day. Oh, happy day of your peoples. Yeah. Uh, so Shark Awareness Day is mainly for uh, not to just yell at people and say that there's sharks in the water. Uh, it's... To be aware of what sharks are and what they mean to uh, the ecosystem of the planet. And, fun fact, um, I mentioned this on Shark Bites because, of course, I did. Um, on the uh, later levels of um, The Last of Us 2, you go into an aquarium and there's actually uh, a whole wall as you walk through the, the building, about how sharks are related to the ecosystem and like how they're good for it and how getting rid of sharks would be terrible for the ecosystem because, you know, sharks kind of clean up garbage, you know, depending on what, uh, what uh, species. You know, most sharks will eat things that uh, other fish will not. Um, so they're kind of like the... Uh, the uh, custodians, the maintenance, the garbage fish. disposal of the sea. Yeah, that too. The maintenance staff, the uh, janitorial technicians of the ocean. So yeah, July fourteenth is Shark Awareness Day. Now there is another shark-related holiday that shark is week. coming up. No holiday, not week. A shark-related shark holiday. Shark Week is a holiday. No, Shark Week is several holidays. So, coming up, because uh, this is going to air on Thursday, so coming up tomorrow, it is, and I know you you might not remember this, Ashes, but I, of course, did, and, of course, Powerful Brandon did. Friday, July 17th, is St. Branrick Powhall Day. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, St. Branrick Powhall, for those of you who are... Uh, not aware and uh, don't study history. He is the patron saint of sharks in pink kangle hats. Uh, also, puns and sarcasm. Blessed be. Yes. So, I will wish you all a very happy, healthy, and 
word play St. Branrick Pow Hall Day. Fish be with you. <laughs> so after that, we are definitely talking about wine. Uh, today I am talking about, now, if you recall, no, you may not recall because this was kind of a bit ago. I think we're talking about like a month and a half maybe at this point. I mentioned Robert Mondavi's private selection Merlot that was aged in rum barrels. And the different thing about that is it wasn't aged in spice rum barrels, but actually white rum barrels and how it kind of gave the Merlot uh, some slightly different characteristics that you wouldn't find in a typical Merlot. So today I am talking about, because again, if you recall, my quest for the butteriest to most perfectest Chardonnay, uh, that has kind of gotten sidetracked a little bit. Not sidetracked, side, side card, side, sided, side curved. It's been curved. shunted to the wayside. Uh, coronavirus is kind of, you know, that. Uh, so I have... Been, dr- I have been drinking. A I was lot gonna of say wine. it sounds like you've been <laughs> drinking a lot of wine tonight. I have. I'm so sleepy and mm. drinky. You had one glass of wine, which is equivalent to like three. No, this is one of your smaller glasses. Yes, but filled up like that, it's equivalent to like three that you would get at a restaurant, which is like a teaspoon. It's like five or six ounces. Anyways, anyways, uh, today I'm talking about Robert Mondavi's private selection bourbon barrel aged Chardonnay. Yes, bourbon barrel aged Chardonnay. Now, typically you would think, hey, wait a minute. Shouldn't the Merlot have been aged in the bourbon barrels and the Chardonnay aged in the rum barrels? And typically I would say yes. That's exactly how it should be, you know, because a red plays really well with the spiciness of the bourbon or the whiskey that was in the barrels and, you know, takes on the characteristics of the spice, which is is really nice with the dryness of a Merlot. And the, you know, Chardonnay will play really well with the kind of um, like the lightness the buttery kind of like almost like molasses like flavors of the rum so yeah typically i'd say absolutely you you are correct but in this instance it just works so let me tell you a little bit about this wine so it says this chardonnay is the first and only chardonnay that blends the craftsmanship of california winemaking with the southern tradition of bourbon whiskey aging resulting in an incredibly bold sensory expression sensory sensory expression (laughs) rich golden in color it opens with intense aromas of ripe pineapple and toasted coconut with hints of toasted marshmallow and vanilla bean custard flavors of grilled pineapple lemon custard graham cracker toffee and vanilla bean follow with baking spices and toasty oak now it is very bright and citrusy and fruit forward on the 
front of the palate. You know, that's what you 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 get initially. It's like okay, this is a this is a slightly buttery, delicious Chardonnay. Then on the middle of the palate, you start to get into a little bit of the spices. You know, it starts to mellow out a little bit. You get that toasted coconut. You get that vanilla bean. And then on the back of the palate, that is when the spice hits of that bourbon. You know, the 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 smoothness smoothness. And these flavors just play so well together. It's a little dry, slightly sweet. It's so good. So have I found the ultimate buttery Chardonnay? No, unfortunately, no. But this is really close. So right now, um, I want to say it's it's this probably tied with butter Chardonnay as being the butteriest Chardonnay as I've tried so far. So yeah, if, if you are interested at all, it's Robert Mondavi's private selection, bourbon aged, bourbon barrel aged Chardonnay. It's, it's really good. I'm probably going to have to pick up another bottle soon because I've had, I think I've picked about three times already. Something like that. You even liked it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. So that's, uh, that's what you got for wine? That's it. Okay, I didn't know if there was a little more like backstory and. Well, I mean, I, c- I can I can. His make friends call him up. Bobby Mo. Bobby Mo. Bobby Mo. Uh, so yeah, in the coming weeks we have some interesting stuff. Uh, the stuff that we were talking about for the past couple of weeks that's coming up, it's still coming up. But one thing is happening next week. Yes, we are going to have. Uh, we are not giving away our shot. Yes, uh, well, I'm hoping that we can have two people, potentially three, but we will at least have... I'll be here. Old Man Wade, possibly Young Lady Valkyrie, and maybe one more guest, or Ooh. six. I don't or know. Six. I don't know. We could have a ton of people. We're going to do it live. No, I'm just kidding, because Ashes doesn't want to do a live show yet, but I'm thinking I might start doing some live shark bites. <laughs> That's yeah, so we're talking about <laughs> Hamilton. Finally, finally talking about Hamilton next episode. Hamiltander Alexson. So Alexander Hamilton of the acclaimed musical Hamilton. Also real life. Also real life. <laughs> so we'll talk about a little bit of the discrepancies between what actually happened and what's portrayed. Obviously, we'll be talking about the characters from the musical, the music from the musical, how great the musical is, uh, the brilliance of Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, David Diggs, because, you know, David Diggs, does does there have to be a question? Like, David Diggs is, like, always the answer. Um, So, yeah, it'll be a really good episode. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking probably for probably some singing. Most likely. Most likely some singing. Yes. Some of it might even be in tune. Probably not. In key, maybe yeah. a little bit. Depends. Uh, before we go, I just want to uh, point out how tired we've been lately because we we're talking about uh, not having enough time and not sleeping. Uh, I referred to this show the other day as Throws Day Thirteen. That's how sleepy I was. I couldn't remember the name of my show. Throws Day 13. We will see you next Throws Day. But, uh, yeah, Ashley, you got anything else or uh, are you ready to go? I think I'm ready to go. 
Yeah, so... Uh, Until next week, everyone. We will. <gasps> we will. See you next Thursday. Oh, Thursday 13. Yay. Don't hug me. I'm scared. Come on, guys. Stop mucking around. We only have five minutes until our show's on. That's not enough time! There's always time for a song. What? Who is that? Time is a tool you can put on the wall or wear it on your wrist. The past is far behind us. The future doesn't exist. Oh, what's the time? It's quarter to nine. Time to have a bath. What do you mean? We're already clean. Scrub, scrub, scrub till the water's brown. Time is a ruler to measure the day. It doesn't go backwards, only one way. Watch it go round like a merry-go-round. Going so fast like a merry-go-round. Let's go on a journey, a journey through all time. A time that's changing all the time, it's time to go to time. But we don't really want to, we're going to miss our show. Don't be stupid, friends. Come on, it's time to go. Time was old, like a Victorian time. With cobbles and plague and speaking in rhyme. With cobbles and chimneys, a simpler time. This tree that is old has circles inside. The tree that is older has shriveled and died. The apple that's fresh is ripe to the core. And I'm not over time, and I'm not anymore. Time can be told by the moon or the sun, but time flies fast when you're having fun. <coughs> There's a time and a place for mucking around. Like I'm camping. I'm friends with my dad. And then what happened after the olden days? Time went new and got old like history. Stuff from the past went into a mystery. An old man died. But look, a computer. Everything's cool. It's the future. Time is now. The future are new. And look at all the wonderful things you can do with gadgets. And gizmos. And email addresses. My dad is a computer. Look at the time. It's quarter to eight. There's fish on my plate. It's twenty past eight. There's fish on my tray. It's eleven to twelve. There's fish in the bath. It's nine thirty. There's fish everywhere. Everywhere. Now you can see the importance of time. It helps us make pizza. It keeps things in line. But when did it start? And when will it stop? Time is important, and I am a clock. If we run out of time, then where does it go? Is time even real? Does anyone know? Maybe time's just a construct of human perception, an illusion created by... <laughs> Sunset, night and day The changing seasons, the smell of hay Look at your hair grow, isn't it strange? How time makes your appearance change Everyone runs out of time.